0: declare and decree in this season I will submit to the voice of the Holy Spirit calling my name I am walking in the fullness of his purpose and plan for me and my life it is my reaping season and I shall reap the harvest of my labor as promised I have been called I am a willing vessel no weapon formed against me shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against me in judgment shall be condemned he is my protector I can withstand as I am clothed in the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, the full armor of God. I am the lender and not the borrower, the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am more than a conqueror. I am a victor. I am a leader, not a follower. I be I will raise up a standard and not become the status quo. I will walk in the fullness of the love of the Holy Spirit. I have overcome. God's grace is sufficient. I am saved, healed, and enough. It is my winning season. She has emerged. Welcome to the manifestation of me.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of She Emerged, The Manifestation of Me. I'm your host, Shalimar. Um, Thank you for joining me. Um, As always, thank you guys for your continuous support um, and logging in and jumping on. Um, The pre-orders for the book will start today, the 21st? Yes, today, Um, probably in the afternoon. Um, I will set all of that up. So um, be on the lookout for that uh, for my first written work. Excuse me, I'm adjusting. I'm rarely outside recording. Uh, <clears throat> so please be on the lookout for that. Um, also, listen. Uh, check out the YouTube channel. Um, she S dot H dot E emerged to continue to follow my journey and catch these videos and keep up with anything I'm doing on my website, www.savehealedenough.com. She is an acronym for SAVED, HEALED, and ENOUGH, uh, and that is kind of the foundation of um, this program for any new subscribers or viewers that I have. I just always want to recap that so you know and understand exactly um, how this was birthed and where it's coming from. Uh, she emerged is the emergence and evolution um of myself this is my personal journey um and i was just moved to share that with you um in my healing journey it's more more about my healing journey um and my my um evolution as a person as a woman so <clears throat> In the last episode, uh, I kind of touched on, well, started the conversation, um, and we are talk. I was talking about sometimes how the damage that um, Black mothers do to their daughters because of the trickle down of trauma, um, unmanaged, unhealed, um, unacknowledged um, things that they have suffered, and then, you know, it just kind of carries on and ends up being passed down from generation to generation. Some of the myths, some of the um, unrealistic expectations that are put on um, African-American females um, growing up um, in our culture and in our household. So you can catch that episode. um, It's already up and loaded. It's on the podcast. My podcast is on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio. It's available on most digital platforms. So if you want to catch that episode so you can catch up, um, please check that out. So today, I want to kind of continue that conversation. Um, and then, you know, my my uh, episode eight, um, let me not leave that out, uh, carried on the conversation of how um, our lack of conversation and information that is not passed down and not shared with, with us kind of leads us into unhealthy relationships and unhealthy situationships. Um, and I just feel like it's a conversation that needs to be had. Um, this this platform, uh, the goal of this platform is to create and generate healthy conversation and to break some generational curses and generational traumas. And um, make it okay to, to communicate with our children in a new way. And again, these are my personal experiences that I'm sharing with you. So I'm not sharing anything that I've not personally experienced. Um, and I've had to, to grow from and grow out of, um, uh, because I have daughters, I have three, um, and they range from nine to 23. So something had to change. Um, in the midst of, because I want them to be healthy uh, mentally and emotionally and physically. And in order to do that, I had to address my issues so that I would not bleed on my babies. Um, So again, thank you for joining me. And I hope that you find these messages as they are intended to be received, to be encouraging and empowering and stimulate something in you uh, to want to change and change the narrative you know, change something cultural. Let's make this a movement um, so that we can do better uh, by our children and ourselves. So <clears throat> in today's episode, so my brother-in-law, I often will speak about him, Dr. Sheehan Fisher. Um, he is um, a psychologist. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, he lives in Chicago. Um, and he writes a lot of a lot of art articles um, um, pertaining to gender um, and growth, and he has a daughter as well. Uh, so um, he was interviewed for an article that I found um, fitting, um, and it it was so. I don't know, I believe that God does all things well. And so this um, particular interview that he did, I felt fit um, our, the conversation um, very well. Uh, so I'm just going to pull this article because I want to quote him correctly. Um one second So um, oh and he's a professor at Northwestern University and his um, he studies gender equality so this is definitely his wheelhouse So in this article, this young woman, I'm gonna give her some credit too. Her name is Natalie Y. Moore. She writes for the Chicago Sun-Times. Um so he, my brother in law, she is speaking about her father and the lessons that he taught her. And the title of the article, if you want to catch that, is my father taught me to be a complete person. Um, and I thought it was just an awesome read and and very informative. Um so if you want to catch that, again, her name is Natalie Y. Moore. She writes for the Chicago Sun-Times. And my brother has a lot of different uh, writings and publications out there. Dr. Sheehan Fisher, a professor at Northwest University, and he studies gender equality. And he's also a girl dad. <laughs> so, um, and I want to read his quote, and I just want to make sure I read it correctly. And I'm also going to grab a little bit of hers. So in this article, she states, um, research shows that children are emotionally and physically healthier when they have supportive parents, including dads. So we know that being a supportive parent is, um, or being more su- supportive and learning how and new and interesting ways to be supportive to our children um, is is off, often something that um, African American mothers struggle with. Um, because of that narrative of do what I say, not as I do. So a lot of times our children's development is kind of stifled and not on purpose, but because of those tropes and and traditional things that are passed down um, where girls are more or less kind of put in this box of you'll learn how to cook and clean. and, And that is the most important thing for you and sometimes education is key, but the ultimate goal is marriage. But then a lot gets lost in translation. Because we're taught to that the goal is to find a husband, but then what? Okay, I got this husband, but then what? Um, And so the conversations kind of stop short of the intricate details. Um, And we're not really taught Um, a lot of times about our bodies and how they work. And I've touched on this. Uh, We're really taught an uncomfortable measure of shame when it comes to our bodies. (laughs) It's like, keep yourself covered. Don't let anybody touch you. You know, and we're never really encouraged to be comfortable um, with ourselves and in our bodies. um, The thing that's harped on the most is cover yourself up, keep away, you know, boys are bad and it's it's we're giving mixed signals you know you're getting mixed signals because on the one hand you're telling me the goal is to find a husband on the other hand you're teaching me the boys are bad and then we go out into the world and we're confused and there's no happy medium so we have to be more clear and concise on the messages that we're sending and we're giving our children and be more open and honest with them about these things and how their bodies work because a lot of times they're very confused they don't understand They're ashamed or uncomfortable with their sexuality uh, and, and they don't know what to do. Uh, And so when they do go out into the world, they're at the mercy of a guy because they don't know any better or their friends. And we all know how that works. Um, You know, and so the world is teaching them things that they really should be afforded the opportunity to learn at home. Um, You know, we, we, you can't I, we can't pick out our clothes or you know we're not allowed the freedom of of thought a lot of times, um and so we also lack end up lacking in the skill of critical thinking um because we find that I've found that some mothers will will are so busy trying to um live vicariously through their children that they're especially their daughters that they're hampering them from growing and developing and evolving into the person that they were designed to be. And some mothers don't understand that by you doing that, you're not protecting the child. You're not doing that. What you're doing is stifling them. And you're going to send them out into the world, very confused and naive because they're not going to know how to function. And the truth of the matter is, and I say this to my own children, you are not promised to that child. So our goal as parents, as far from my position, again, this is all me, um, is my job is to teach my children how to leave me and go out into the world and meet it on their own terms and be okay and comfortable with who they are and teach them how to function appropriately and responsibly out in the world uh, so that they could have the best life possible. some parents don't realize that when you take uh, choices away from your children, you don't allow them the opportunity to learn how to critically think. They're, you, Yes, we're always going to be there. But if they don't learn how to critically think and how to make decisions, that will affect them as an adult. Not giving them the opportunity to flourish in that area, not helping them develop in those areas, stifles them. And those are key components to being a healthy adult. Not allowing them to um, have and voice their emotions and validating them. See, everything can't be wrong. We can't constantly tell them when they, they have an opinion. And as long as they do it respectfully, uh, we should listen. Our children are, are also due a certain measure of respect because they are human beings. And and a lot of times that gets lost. And so they they say things, they'll voice their opinion. And as, to me, as long as they're doing it respectfully, they deserve to be heard. But then you have parents that will say, you know, that will really just disregard their daughter's emotions. Well, you're teaching her that her feelings don't matter. You're teaching her that her emotions don't count for anything. And so then when she goes out into the world, she gets into a relationship. We talked about narcissists. Um, they prey on, uh, they can smell naivety, na- a naive person a-, a mile away. And you've trained the child that hurts to suppress her emotions. That could lead to them being in a very bad and abusive relationship because guess what? They don't know how to manage their emotions. They've been taught for years that their emotions don't matter. You never acknowledge their feelings. And so that expectation of someone having to be respectful and honor their feelings is not there because you've not trained them to be that way. Our children emulate our their environment, they emulate what they see, they they emulate what we do. And that is a big thing that we need to get away from. Um, and listen, I'm all for respecting our elders and honoring those who have come before us, that's great. But can we stop teaching our children that respect is only due to elder and that they are due none? Because then they also go out As children, they go to school and they allow their friends to bully them. Uh, They become socially awkward and isolated because they don't understand that they are due a measure of respect as well. They're human beings. Their lives matter too. Their feelings matter too. And if we start teaching them those things from a young age, it will be much more difficult for them to fall victim to a predator. But a lot of times in black homes, that ain't the case. If I said what I said, I'll get out of my face. And can it be daunting? Yes, I have four children and a bonus kid. It can be daunting to have to have conversations because you're busy. You are a mother, you are a wife sometimes, or, you know, and you have a, a career and you're working and you're trying to pay the bills and there's so much stress. I get it. But at some point we have to realize that these children are not just here to be here they're not going to be attached to us forever at some point they're going to go out into the world and we want them to go out into the world and be as high functioning as adults as they possibly can yes structure and discipline are important but they're only important components there's more to being a person and a human being than just structure and discipline these children know how need to know how to function and, and filter their emotions and manage their emotions. They need constant validation. Instead of just telling the girl, you can't wear that outfit because I don't like it. Well, why not? Well, it's not something I would wear. Well, obviously, it's two different generations, two different age groups. Of course you would wear it. As long as it's not um, completely like outrageous and inappropriate, it's some children express themselves through the way that they dress, give them the choice. Because that's where the validation starts. So instead of just um dismissing them and demeaning them in that moment, offer them some validation. Listen, I don't care what you wear. You can go outside in a paper bag. You are beautiful. Maybe let's try this a different way. Or you know what, let's add maybe a tank top under that crop top of a different color. So you still have the crop top effect, but then you got a, a alternating color camisole underneath to give it a, a little pop. You know, instead of saying, you're not going out my house looking like a whore. That's not, that's not really encouraging. That's not really um, helping them develop self-esteem. And we have to be mindful that those things begin at home. Right? Okay. So now let me get to... I'm sorry, y'all, <laughs> but this this was so good. Um, I, I had to share, and I definitely wanted to talk about it. So, uh, Dr. Fisher is um quoted as saying, you know, um the problem of father. Okay, so they're addressing how fathers. Now, that other thing that I've started to talk about um, is also the narrative of your father is the first man you fall in love with which is great. He is the first man that you will love, but not in a romantic way. And I agree that we have to stop romanticizing the relationship between a father and daughter. Um, Because A, we all know that, you know, nobody is perfect. They are human. And again, when you say that, as he said, and I'm going to read his quote, there is extra attention paid and kids pay attention anyway to how he interacts overall with every female, okay? So we all know most fathers don't treat their daughters the way that they treat the women that they're involved with, but no one understands that child is observing how he interacts with you, his wife, his girlfriend, the mother, how they're observing that. And so uh, Dr. Sheen said, Dr. Fisher said, the problem with fathers, the problem of fathers treating their daughters like a queen is that it is not on, it is not the only thing she's observing. Daughters, he said, are also watching how their dads interact with their female partners, which has an impact on their future relationships. So early on in the article, they referenced Chris Rock saying that his only job as a father to his daughter was to keep his daughter off the pole. That is so dumb. I never agreed with that. And so uh, Dr. Fisher goes on to say, a hyperprotectiveness of women's and girls' sexuality has a negative impact on a woman's sexuality and personal development as they get older. Because from an early age, they are taught they don't have full ownership of their sexuality. Now, honey, that's a mouthful. Now that's what got me. Because if that's not the truth, um, he said he hears stories from female patients um, they have that they have to hide how sexual they are that transfers from father to partner because they don't have the right to their sexuality because it's monitored by men. Now, when I say I could have shouted because literally it is very rare that hey, you find a man who speaks like that um, and, and paints that kind of narrative. But I think it's awesome that in this day and age that people are finally speaking out and speaking up. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe my brother-in-law, Dr. Sh- Dr. Fisher, fashions himself a feminist. Um, and so that was like literally a mouthful because that is not discussed. That's not talked about. And it's the truth. Women are taught, girls are taught that we literally have to move in sync and under the direction of a man. Boys are taught to run out the door, get as many notches on your belt as you can get, jump on all of them. Not girls. The 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 constant conversation amongst girls is keep that nickel between your knees. Um, we get that your body is a temple, speech, which is fine because it is, and care for your body. And um, but and and I'm not in any way encouraging promiscuity, but stop making we we have to stop making our girls ashamed of their bodies. See, there's a difference with teaching um, value and virtue and pride and value and shame. It's a fine line. So shaming a young woman into carrying herself a certain way is not going to work. Um, Because what happens is they rebel. How I know, I rebel. You either go to one extreme or the other. Also, as a sexual abuse survivor, I can tell you that if I was more aware of my body if I knew the proper terms, if I wasn't taught to be ashamed, I probably would have been a lot more vocal because if a predator is coming my, you know, your way and you start using the appropriate terms, a lot of times, and, and there are studies that speak to this, it will intimidate the predator. So if, uh, if you start using, if our children are taught to use the proper terms for their bodies and their body parts, these are my breasts, that's my vagina, don't touch that, that is my penis, leave that alone. They become uncomfortable and it can actually unnerve a predator, but we are not taught that. And I myself have been guilty of that. It's usually like for, especially for us, it's hilarious. My my little one calls it her pocketbook. Child. And that came about because, you know, you're always taught don't put your hand in a woman's pocketbook. So that's her pocketbook. Don't touch her pocketbook. And when we changed that, um, we recently started using the appropriate terms because you know what? She needs to know. Um, and that plays into, um, how they will receive sexual attention and how they will perform when it comes to the actual act of sex. So, you know, I hear a lot of stories. I have a lot of girlfriends. I talk to people all the time. This this uh, platform has afforded me the opportunity to have a lot of good conversations. And, you know, I'll be 43 in a few days. uh, And I've had a lot of conversations with women who said that they didn't even start having an actual orgasm until they were in their 40s. What a disservice to us. We've been cheated. Scammed and bamboozled under the guise of virtue. Now, again, we're not promoting permiscuity, but good Lord, at least teach me how to enjoy the act. What am I supposed to do? Just lay there? That's unfortunate. And that is how we are raised as young Black girls. Um, we are not taught to embrace our sexuality. We are not taught to be comfortable with our bodies. We are not taught how they actually function. You, The only thing that's harped on mainly is, okay, you're going to go through this change Tiggle some pads, keep yourself clean, shower. You know, you don't want to smell bad. And then going about your business. Okay. And yes, you can get pregnant, so stay away from boys. Don't bring home nothing you didn't leave with. That's it. The conversation has to broaden. We have to be uh, more inclusive um, and, again, more forthcoming. Uh, Believe I mentioned it before. I asked one of my aunts. I said, you know, if y'all, we were having a conversation. And I said, if there were some conversations that needed to be had that you guys didn't have with us. And if we had had those conversations and that foresight, there were so many things that we would have avoided when we went out into the world. And my aunt was like, Listen, nobody told us. So we didn't know. We didn't know. Um my uncle gave me the talk. Uh, my uncle bought me my first pack and my first bra. And I mean, don't get me wrong. He's great. He's a girl dad. Um, he does have sons, but he's always, he's got, it, there's so many, he has so many nieces. He didn't have a choice. He had, we, we, we won um, in that area. We outnumbered. And so, um, and he was awesome. But those conversations would have probably been received better and felt less awkward um, if they were, were had by the women in our lives but instead from the women in our lives we received a whole different version of that conversation which made us especially myself self-conscious um it affected my esteem because i was very confused and i was lost um i didn't feel valued because all i knew was i have to cover up like i don't you know i was I listened and um, I would listen to the conversations from the elder women and how they would just degrade other young girls look at her walking around looking like a tramp. Well, why? Why does she look like a tramp? Because I personally don't think she looks like a tramp. Her skirt comes above the knee. I mean, okay. Maybe somebody could have had a conversation with her and again, taught her a better way to position the skirt or to accent the skirt so it, it wasn't as short or as revealing, but to just drag a child for or a young woman who's trying to filter and find her way and find what what's comfortable for her um, is wrong. And trying to force your feelings, your thoughts, or the things that you missed out on your child or on any child is also wrong. Um, they need the space. To grow into themselves, because then they need their own identity. Their identity cannot be tied up completely in in you as a parent, um, because from experience it makes you vulnerable. Um, it makes you um, very vulnerable to being preyed upon. Um, and so, you know, I just feel like that's a conversation we need to have, and it's a continuous conversation, and it's an evolving um, conversation, and. And forever changing because there's layers to it. Um, And from my own experience, I just feel like I've been in some of those positions um, as a child. And I would like for us in the African-American community and as African-American mothers to recognize the damage um, that we are doing to our daughters. And we're going to have to own it and take responsibility for the part that we've played um, in what we see today in our girls, uh, because if we don't, if we don't get healthy mentally, emotionally, uh, we cannot um, expect to raise healthy daughters. Because then we're just functioning in our trauma. Um, I think that the conversations need to be had, even the hard, awkward conversations. I listen to things that I honestly to do without when it comes to my daughters. But I would rather them be comfortable enough to come to me um, and have those conversations than not. Uh, I don't want them to ever feel like they have to hide anything from me. Uh, and I, I want to see them be their individual person. I want to see who these little people are going to grow and develop into with my guidance. Um, because, yes, I am there to guide. But they have to be able to grow into who they are meant to be. And I can't relive or regain anything that I've lost through them. I have to deal with my own self and allow them to deal with themselves, and and just be there as a support, uh, because that's what parenting is: support um, and and validation and teaching them, giving them the right foundation before they go out into the world, um, and that narrative of um, because I don't I want to definitely leave on a good note with that about your father being your first love yes he is the first man that you love because he's the first man that you honestly you come in contact with in in some cases but it's not we have to stop romanticizing it because when our relationship doesn't reflect his relationship with his daughter it becomes confusing and they are watching how you treat women. They are watching how the father interacts with women with his with his mother with with you as his uh significant other. Um they're watching that. And when it doesn't add up and it doesn't line up, that's a huge letdown. It creates trust issues and it can also create an issue in the way that that she now interacts with her father. So I agree with this article, we do need to get away from that narrative. I love my father. I'm a total daddy's girl. He could do no wrong in my eyes. Yes, he walks on water to me. Um, but not because the relationship was romanticized, but because I watched him fight as a Black man to be the best Black man and father um, and husband and son that he could be. Uh, the the values that inspire. That in spite of his situation, despite what he was going through, he fought to still um, instill certain values in me. Um, And to watch that, that is what I love about my father. That is why I admire him so, because I watched him overcome so much and push through um, as a man, as a black man. And... His dad wasn't there, so he had no blueprint. There was nobody to set the standard. And so watching him and my uncles and all my uncles, I'm a, I am love my uncles, um, to watch him and my uncles uh, find their way through and overcome so much because they had their own set of traumas um, to become the successful men that they are today even with their struggles and their missteps that to me is why i love them and, and i look to them um, not because i romanticize them in any way they get on my nerves i love them though like i feel sorry for the women that date them it's all the whole that's a whole other show but i understand this article rang so so true to me because i think if i had been brought up that way where it was romanticized, I. My, because I saw it all, he's my dad. you know, I saw how he interacted with women and not that he was a bad guy, but he just wasn't somebody I would date. Okay. Um, and I feel like if I had been brought up in that way, um I would probably have some serious daddy issues um, because that was that's not how I needed to love him. That's not what I needed from him. Um, I needed what I got from him, life skills, uh strength, how to push through. You know, and that's different. And I think that is where we should keep that. Um, And so, you know, in closing, (laughs) um, you know, let's continue to stimulate these conversations. Let's continue to push past these narratives um, and let's let's change um, the way we interact, the way we um, treat our daughters. We have to send them out into the world better prepared than what we have. We cannot sit around and judge these young ladies and, you know, make snide comments and demean them when the truth of the matter is, um, it started at home with our mothers and our grandmothers and how they sent us out into the world. We emulate our environment. And at some point somebody has to take responsibility for that. Um, And, and, it's up to us, the next generation, to change that. Um, respect is due to a dog, so yes, we should be respecting our children, um, and they, and in return, they'll respect us more, and they'll receive more from us. Their feelings should matter. Uh, validation should start at home, um, and their emotions—they should be taught to be emotionally healthy, and they and. Validate their emotions. They're entitled to them, and stop dismissing them because you're just creating adults who won't know how to function emotionally, and and that is a trauma. So thank you for joining me today. I pray that you receive this message as it was intended um, to encourage and empower. Uh, we will continue this conversation. Uh, I feel like it's an important one to have, and and um, until you know God tells me otherwise. We'll just keep finding new levels to discuss and peel back the layers of this. Um, you know, we'll start a movement. We'll start a movement that we change how we raise our sons and daughters um, and how we love them. We have to change, it starts with us um, and, and how we send them out into the world. Um, it matters. So, as always, uh, The sun rises alone every day and still manages to shine. The moon rises alone every night and still manages to light someone's way. Be the light. God loves you. I love you. You are capable. You are worthy. Be encouraged. And I will catch you next time.
0: declare and decree in this season. I will submit to the voice of the Holy Spirit calling my name. I am walking in the fullness of his purpose and plan for me and my life. It is my reaping season and I shall reap the harvest of my labor as promised. I have been called. I am a willing vessel. No weapon formed against me shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against me in judgment shall be condemned. He is my protector. I can withstand as i am clothed in the belt of truth the breastplate of righteousness the gospel of peace the shield of faith and helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit the full armor of god i am the lender and not the borrower the head and not the tail i am above and not beneath i am more than a conqueror i am leader, not a follower. I shall build and not destroy. I will raise up a standard and not become the status quo. I will walk in the fullness of the love of the Holy Spirit. I have overcome. God's grace is sufficient. I am saved, healed, and enough. It is my winning season. She has emerged. Welcome to the manifestation of me.